Thank you for downloading this podcast from Victory Outreach Manchester. We pray that this message will bless your life as you listen. You know, for us, we are reserved. You know, no, 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 no. It's not a culture. He's speaking today on the subject of blessed in the best. Father God, we just come before you humbly now. And we thank you for how great you are. You are awesome. There's no one like you. And we just acknowledge your presence here and we invite you to move and to speak in this place. Lord God, I pray that you would move me aside. Lord, let nothing I say or do get in the way. Let it be your voice that is heard in the hearts of your people today. This we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Blessed in the best. I have loved hearing the messages that God's been using our pastor to bring over the past few weeks. And even John Bunjo, who came last week. How many enjoyed that when John Bunjo came last week? I've so enjoyed hearing these messages about the fruit season that we are in. That we are in fruit season. There are so many seasons we go through in life. But it feels so good. From the first time I heard Pastor Paul say it, I just reached out and I received that with both hands, with all my heart. I was like, yes, I believe it. This is fruit season. This is a season of blessing and of fruitfulness and of productivity in our lives. Can someone say amen? And a lot of that, if not all of that, should I say, is down to our position in Christ. It's because we are in Christ that we're even able to really talk about being in a fruit season. The fruit season is in Christ. Can someone say, blessed in the best? We read right now a verse from Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm actually going to read a lot more than that in a little while. We're going to read a, a good passage of that in just a bit. But right now, we're just staying on this one verse here, Ephesians 1 verse 3. And, and I just want to say that this passage of Scripture here in Ephesians 1, it is, it's an incredible text. You're going to see it when we read through it. It's an incredible text that just lists all of these blessings that God has for us in Christ. In English translations, you'll see it separated into different sentences. But in the Greek, this whole passage is just one long sentence. You ever heard someone speak who was just so excited that it's like they just kept on talking and they, they, they wouldn't even take a, a, a pause to breathe? This whole passage of Ephesians chapter 1 is like the Apostle Paul being so excited about the blessings that are in Christ Jesus. He just goes on and on and on and on and on and doesn't take a pause for breath. He just wants the Ephesian church to know how blessed they really are. And every single blessing finds its fulfillment, its reality in Christ. 
But to set up, before we read that whole passage, I just wanted to concentrate on this one verse just for a bit. Chapter 1, verse 3. Because in this one verse, you see blessing three times in three different word forms right here in this verse. I'll read it again. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Did you see that? Three times in three different word forms as an adjective, as a verb, and as a noun. Can you go back to GCSE English just for a second? <laughs> an adjective, a verb, and a noun. First of all, it starts off with the adjective, blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Paul says this word, blessed, this adjective, it's a describing word, right? I mean, he is in one sense giving praise to God. Praise be to God. Blessed be our God. That's, that is what he's saying. That is what he's saying. But I just love the idea that God is blessed. I just love that idea that God himself is blessed. He is the blessed one. In and of himself, our God is blessed. You know, when I was at school, I, I was um, the one that they would always, if someone was brand new to the country, couldn't speak English very well, they would always put that person next to me, okay? I was that guy. They, I guess they trusted me. So wherever they came from, Bangladesh or wherever, they'd put them next to me, and I'd kind of like, kind of unofficially take care of them until they learned how to speak English, and then they would f find their real friends. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking! Um, and then also, people with learning difficulties, they would put them next to me. I, we, there was no conversation about it. They would just put them next to me. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of enjoyed it, you know? I put my arm around them and just help them, you know? I, 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 I don't know. I liked it. And so one time they put someone next to me, and he was dyslexic. And I'd, I'd never met anyone that had that kind of dyslexia before where he struggled to, he struggled to write the letters the right way around and things like that, right? And so then I would, like, try and help him to write the letters, you know, a certain way and stuff like that. But during that time with this guy sitting next to me, we became good friends. And, and one day, he invited me, you know, to come to his house and to hang out for a bit. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, man, let's, let's, let's go. So my mom let me go, and, we, and I went around to his house. This was my first ever experience of being around a rich family. I had no idea that this guy, I, can't, I keep wanting to say his name, I don't want to say his name. I'll make up a name. Um, Matthias. <laughs> I, I had no idea that Matthias was, was like, that they had it like that, right? We went to his house, which was like in this sort of like this, you know, terraced house in South London. And it looked nice from the outside, but you know one of them houses where it looks a certain way on the outside? And then you walk through this really nice door, and it's like a whole mansion in there? We, we, I went in, and it was like, oh, dude, where am I? Like, I'd never seen anything like that. They had original artworks on the wall 
Like, not the ones that you're gonna get from B&M, you know? Like, you know? Like, like, like they, they, they bought them from the National Gallery or wherever they got them from. I don't know where they got them from. Like they, they, they were on the wall and, and on the furniture. I remember there was this one chair. And I said, oh, that's a nice chair. And his dad said, oh, yes, we got that one from India. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> from India? I, think my, I, was, I was thinking you were going to say Argos or something. <laughs> I, I, I'd never been around that kind of atmosphere where you didn't feel any lack. Um, they had this classical music playing. I remember when we sat down to eat at the table, like I'd never held cutlery so heavy. I was like, yo, this is like really heavy, like <laughs> and I'm trying to cut, you know? And, I, and, I, and I'm on my best behavior, I'm sitting there and it was chicken, right? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm born in England, I'm an Englishman, but I come from Caribbean parentage, you know? And, and we love our chicken, you know? And there comes a time when we're eating our chicken that you, you gotta put the knife and fork down. You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to be your like, you know, mm, but there comes a point in, in my culture at least where you gotta put the knife and fall down, man, and you gotta pick that thing up and you, 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 you gotta get intimate with that piece of chicken. And so I was getting to the point where I was like, I, I can't cut any more off this. I, I'm gonna have to pick this up. It wasn't an issue for me. That's how I grew up. I was about to, and I was just about to do it, but Matthias did it first. And as he picked up his piece of chicken, his mother said, oh, Matthias, if you're hungry, just ask for another piece. <laughs> and I was like, I was so, I just made sure I had my knife and fork. <laughs> I had never been in an atmosphere like that where, you know, you know, you know a family that, works in government and does whatever they do. And, and that, that was my first exposure to being in an atmosphere where there was just no sense of lack. Why am I talking about that? I, I, I'm not trying to talk about material things. That's not where I'm going with it. I'm just trying to paint the picture of the fact that God is blessed. There is no lack in God. He's not on some like crazy tight budget because he's worried he might run out of mercy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh yikes, my forgiveness stores are running really low. Do you really need some? Do you know what I mean? Like, God, there's no lack in God. He's not like, well, I loved you up until this morning. Rest of the day, you're on your own. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no lack in him. He is full. He is absolutely rich in mercy and in grace and in patience and in love and in forgiveness. He is awesome. He is surrounded by a hage of glory and of majesty. We don't approach God as some king who is trying to figure out what he's got, counting his little pennies. We serve a God who is absolutely ebullient. Like that word? Ebullient. Absolutely full of life and of love and of grace. He is full. And that blessing that is within him emanates from him. 
It pours from him. It streams from him. And there's no sign of it running out. It just flows. Goodness and mercy following me all the days of my... Why? Because that's how much he has. I won't get to the age of 50 or 55 or 70 and suddenly God has no more love from me. His love is everlasting. His mercy reaches to the skies. We cannot contain or fathom how high or how wide or how long or how deep the love of God is. He is absolutely full. Can someone say amen? And I'm not talking about material things. I'll say it again. I'm not talking about that. When, when, when the Son of God came to earth, he could have come in a palace. He, he, he could have come, you know, with a whole train of, of animals and, and servants and, and subjects. And he could have just kind of marched right in. He had every right to do that as the Son of God. But he didn't come like that. He came poor. He came, and when you read the story of Jesus coming, you, you, you see things like mangers and, and stables, and, 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 and it's, 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 it's not some high-class thing. Yet, when you follow his life, when you read the stories of what he did, you see a man absolutely full. He walked around so full of love. He walked around so full of wisdom. He was able to spend hours upon hours upon hours hearing people, teaching people, healing people. No matter what situation he was in, whether he was tired, whether he was hungry, whether he was in bereavement, no matter what area, even as he hung upon the cross, he still had enough inside him to turn to the man next to him and tell him that his sins were forgiven and today he will be with him in paradise. Can someone say amen? He didn't have all the material stuff, but he had something so much more powerful, so much more rich, so much more than that. He was full. We serve a savior. We serve a king. We serve a Lord who is absolutely absolutely filled to the brim with goodness, the very definition of goodness. Can someone say amen? So I love the idea that the God we serve is blessed. That's important. That's important for us to know. I remember, I remember, you know, my little, you know, we've all got all our little sob stories. I remember going to my mom and like, mom, can I have a Mars bar? And I remember one day she took the purse out. I don't know why she had to get all, you know, dramatic about it. She could have just said no. But she went and took the purse out and showed me the, I can remember today, inside the purse, there was a 1P and a 2P. And I'm like, like, did you have to do that? Like, what? Just like say no, mom. Like, <laughs> but it, it, it makes a difference when you go to someone who you're not sure they got what you need. But I tell you today, the God we serve is blessed and everything we need is in him it still says stay in the same verse ephesians 1 verse 3 
We go from the, from the adjective to the verb. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Ain't that awesome? This God, who has so much resource in himself, has blessed us. You get the image of this God sitting on his throne, so full of goodness and grace and truth and wisdom, and something bubbles up inside him. He can't just keep it to himself. There's no blockage in the pipes. You know what I'm saying? He has to pour it out. He wants to pour it out. He wants to extend that grace. He wants to extend that mercy. He wants to bless us. He has blessed us. He speaks forth blessing. That word blessing, each one of these words blessings, the root of that is a Greek word uh, eulogeo. Eulogeo. That's where we get our English word eulogy from eulogeo, and that's made up of two different parts, you, which means good, and logeo, which comes from the word logos, which means word, good word. That's what this word blessed means. It means he has spoken goodness into our lives. He's speaking well. He's speaking peace. He's speaking joy. He's speaking life. He's speaking hope. He's speaking health. There's something so life-giving about when people speak well, isn't there? And I'm not talking about flattery. You know, when you just lie to someone. Like, oh, you look great. Just kind of telling them, you know, they don't look great, but you look great. Yeah, you look great. You're fine. Wonderful, right? Don't look big in this. Yeah, no, you look fine. Flattery or telling lies when you just tell someone li- just a straight a lie. You know, I once went to a funeral one time and I knew the guy. And like when they started talking about him, I'm like, who are you talking about? I mean, he was all right, but he wasn't that good. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it's true. When it's true and you say it. You tell someone. You're great. I love being around you. I love your spirit. I love the way you did that. I love the way you said that. I love this about you. There's something so life-giving about speaking well of people. You know, not everyone's had it like that, right? Some people, they're not used to having anyone say anything nice about them. They've heard so many things over time where someone's been saying bad things to them. Why don't you just? Why can't you just? Why aren't you? Why? And, and, all, and they, they just talk them down all the time. Ever seen anyone like that? And it's like they've just been talked down to for year after year. And after a while, they start believing it. And they start walking around like a can't person. I can't. Well, I can't. Well, I can't. Well, I can't. It's so different when there's someone that speaks well and speaks life into you. I believe in you. I believe you can do it. I believe you can make it. I believe you can overcome. I believe you can succeed. I believe you can grow. I believe that issue will not hold you down forever. I believe that situation will not be the same for the rest of your life. I believe 
believe that you have more in you than we see today. I believe God can bring your dreams to pass. I believe there is a purpose and a destiny for you. I, when you speak life into people, it makes such a difference. And I say to you today that God has blessed us even to the point that he sent his word as Jesus Christ, the son of God incarnate. He sent forth his word to bring blessing. God so loved the world that he spoke forth. He sent his son so that anyone who believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting what? Everlasting what? Everlasting what? That's what it means to be blessed. It's when God speaks life into you, speaks life into your soul, speaks life into your situation, speaks life into your opinion of yourself, speaks life into your perspective of your dreams. When God speaks life into you, God has blessed us. It didn't just say he will bless us. It said he has blessed us. He has spoken. And that leads me to the, to the third word form. What has he spoken? It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We went from the adjective blessed to the verb has blessed us to the noun every spiritual blessing. See if this can sink in, because I know that there might be some resistance to this sometimes. Some of us are so used to living with a sense of lack in our lives or a sense of lack in our hearts. But I want to say today what Paul is saying here is this. Every blessing, every spiritual blessing that we could ever need is in him. We have access to every blessing that we could ever need. It's in him. It's in him. The gift of the Holy Spirit given by God the Father to all who are in Christ. It said every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The heavenly places is the sphere of spiritual activities. That's what the heavenly places are. That, what that means is this. We may not always see it here, but even if you don't see it here, it's already there. You may not see it here right now, but it's already there. The thing that you need, you may not see it here, but it's already there. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Where is there? There is in Christ. Someone say, in Christ. Say it like you mean it. In Christ. Say it with authority. In Christ. In one single place. In Jesus himself. See, God does not give us things. God gives us Jesus. See, some of us are so focused on things. We want things. 
Give me this thing. I need this thing. I want this thing. How comes he has this thing? When can I have that thing? Why does she have that thing? When will I get that thing? Can I have this thing? What about the thing I need? Some of us are so focused on things, but God gives us Jesus. Every blessing is in Jesus. And this phrase, in Christ, is one of the, like, one of the foundation concepts all the way through the New Testament. Certainly all the way through the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, you see 34 times in Christ or something like in Christ, in Christ, in God, in whom. Again and again and again. You know how I said that in these first verses, Paul is like so excited about saying how much blessing there is in Christ that he starts and he just goes and goes and goes with this like long, long sentence with no full stops and no commas all the way through, just talking about how much blessing there is in Christ. Can we read that together for a second? Can we read that together? Make sure you have this in the New King James for me, okay, over there. The Ephesians chapter 1 in the New King James. He starts speaking about all the different things that God has blessed us with in Christ. He's speaking about our position as believers in Christ. He's speaking about those who remain and allow their roots to sink down deep into Christ. He says it so many times. It's like he's sending the message out to us. Don't miss what I'm saying. Don't miss what I'm trying to communicate to you. Everything that we ever could need, everything we needed, everything we need, and everything that we will ever need is in Christ. Can we put that scripture up, reading from Ephesians chapter 1? And I'm going to read all the way through from verses 1 to verse 14. Is it up there? Why not just go ahead and read that with me? Read it out together. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth 
earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things together according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him also you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. I don't know about you, but that's like taking a bath. That is like having a shower. That is like all the negativity, all that crusty grumpiness just kind of peels off and gets washed off. When you spend time allowing the Word of God to wash over you, instead of letting the, the world tell you who you are, instead of letting social media tell you who you are, instead of letting TikTok tell you who you are, instead of letting your friends tell you who you are, take some time to get in the Word of God and allow the Word of God to tell you who you are. Whatever you were, that's old, that's done. You are now in Christ, and anyone be in in Christ, he is a new what? All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. New. Oh, the washing of the word. That's what it's called. The washing of the word. Let the word wash over your brain, over your mind, after all the programming, after all the disappointments. Get in the word and hear what the word says about you. Blessing after blessing we see in these verses. In verse 1, he talks about the blessing of the word. In verse 3, he talks about the blessing of being spiritually blessed. In verse 4, he talks about the blessing of being chosen. How many are chosen here today? In verse 6, he talks about the blessing of being adopted, of being accepted. In verse 7, he talks about the blessing of redemption and the blessing of forgiveness. In verse 9, he talks about the blessing of his own sovereign will. In verse 10, he talks about the blessing that we belong to him. In verse 10, he also talks about the blessing of not being alone, but gathered together as a family in him. In verse 11, he talks about the blessing of having an inheritance in him. In verse 12, he talks about the blessing of having a purpose and a destiny in him. In verse 13, he talks about the blessing of being able to trust him and have an intimate relationship with him. Also in verse 13, he talks about the blessing of having the Holy Spirit in our lives. Again, and again, and again, and again, and again, he drives home the fact to a weary, to a tired, to a hopeless people. Listen, if you are in Christ, you are blessed. If you are in Christ, say it. Say, I am in Christ. Say, I am in Christ. The primary idea of being in Christ is remaining. Remaining or resting. You see, into, into 
That's a movement word. I'm going into the shop. I'm going into the office, right? Into is a movement word. But in is not a movement word. In implies no motion. In means resting. In means remaining in place. In means refusing to depart. In means fixed, rooted, grounded. I'm in. It reminds me of John chapter 15, where, where, John, where Jesus talks about being the vine and how we are the branches and how it is for us to abide, to abide. You don't abide at your mate's house. You don't abide in a hotel. You don't abide in an Airbnb because those are temporary places. But when you are home, when you are where you belong, that's when you abide. And Jesus says, listen, don't let me be like some hotel to you. Don't check in at 3 p.m. and check out at 12. And if you need it, get a late checkout at 1. Enjoy the coffee and the tea. And he's like, don't treat me like I'm a hotel. I'm your home. I want to be where you belong. Abide in me. Remain in me. Because if you remain in me, there is a life-giving resource that will flow out of me into you. And as that life-giving resource flows out of me into you, you will begin to produce fruit. Can someone say fruit season? Fruit season. Fruit season is a result of being grafted into that vine and abiding, staying connected so the life of Christ, the life of his Holy Spirit can flow into you. And just as full as he is, just as brimming as he is, just as ebullient as he is, all that unlimited resource of goodness and of joy and of hope and of faith and of blessing and of mercy flows from him into you and you become full of his life and you begin to bear fruit. That's what it means to be in Christ. That's what it means to be in Christ. You know, there's a picture which is going to sound like I've changed the subject completely, but I haven't. But someone, I once heard someone tell this picture, and it made sense to me. The idea of a parachute. You may have heard it. <coughs> Where two men are, are in a plane, and one man, I guess, falls out <laughs> of the plane. And as he's falling, he falls out without a parachute. So the other man throws the parachute out. Here, quick. 
And imagine this. Imagine this for a second. Imagine this. Imagine the man's falling and the parachute is right there next to him. And he's like, oh, phew. There's a parachute. That's great. I'm going to be okay now because there's a parachute right there. Oh, I was worried for a second, but I'm not worried now because even though I'm falling, that parachute's right there too. So we're going to be fine. It's all going to be dandy. Does that make any sense? You, he needs to reach out, grab the parachute, put it on, and pull the string. Because he recognizes that that parachute is his soul trust. It's his only way. There is no other way I'm getting out of this. I need this parachute. I am clinging to this parachute. I'm going to stay firmly fixed to this parachute. Because as long as this parachute does what this parachute does, I'm going to be okay. See, the parachute does the work. The parachute opens up. The parachute catches the air. The parachute does what it needs to do. But he needed to be the one that reached out, that grabbed that parachute, put, pulled the string, and refused to let go. Can someone say amen? But some people, they're like the man that wouldn't reach out to grab the parachute. They're falling. They're in a situation, but rather than reach out and grab the only hope they've got, they want to do this, or they want to do that, or they want to go there, or they want to try that. But when someone is determined to remain in Christ, it means they trust that they of themselves have no solution. They of themselves have no power. They of themselves do not have it. They need the only one who does, and he is Jesus. And they reach out, and they grab him, and they refuse to let him go. That's what it means to remain in Christ. It means you grab that, you put it on, you put on Christ as your sole means of salvation, and you let him do the work that only he can do. Can someone say amen? If it's fruit season, it's fruit season particularly for those who will remain in Christ. That means we put aside all the other like ideas and ways of doing this, of doing that, and doing the other, and we make a decision inside our hearts. I'm going to trust Jesus with everything I have because he is the only one who has the power to do the work. He did the work on the cross, and there is no other way. Can someone say amen? There is no other way. Invite Jesus into every situation. Invite Jesus into every moment of anxiety. Invite Jesus into every moment of confusion. Invite Jesus into every moment of loneliness. Invite Jesus into every moment of lack. Invite Jesus into every moment of desperation. Invite Jesus into every moment of negativity. Invite Jesus into every moment of slander. Invite Jesus into every moment, knowing that there is no other way, that no 
other advocate. There's no other lawyer. There's nowhere else to turn to. Jesus, every spiritual blessing that we could ever need is in Jesus. Don't just watch the parachute. Grab it. Put it on and refuse to let go. Look at this verse right here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. For in him, in him, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And look at this. I'll let this one sink in. Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit. <laughs> let this one sink in, God. And you are complete in him. You are complete in him. When I get that job, then I'll be complete. When I have that baby, then I'll be complete. When I meet my woman of God, then I'll be complete. When I saved enough money, then I'll be complete. You are complete in him. Keep that verse up there. Verse 9, for in him dwells the fullness, the fullness of the Godhead. If you're thinking, what's the Godhead? I'm talking about the, all that God is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all the glory and majesty of the God whom we serve. The fullness of him dwells in Christ and in in there with the fullness of God, we're complete. You have to have a conviction that the fullness of God is enough for me. Can I say that again? I said, you know. You have to have a conviction that the fullness of God is enough for me. How do I understand that personally? This is how I understand that. It means this, who I used to be, I used to be a scumbag, but Jesus set me free. Who I used to be is taken care of, it's dealt with in him. What I did is dealt with in him. The way I used to go about life, the mistakes I made, the people I hurt, it's in him. Who I am today is held together in him. 
I might look at myself in the mirror and I might think, oh man, how long is it going to take to become this or become that? When will I ever change? No, no, cut that out. Because who I am today is held together in Christ. I may not be what I want to be, but praise God, I'm not what I used to be. I'm on the journey. I'm on the way because I am in Christ. And who I will become. Because I'm going to be like this forever. I am going to grow. I said I am going to grow. I am going to become a better man. I am going to become deeper. I am going to become more able. I am because I am in Christ. My future is secure in Christ. Will I always be this way? Will I always struggle with this? Will I always have to deal with this? No, because your future is secure in him. He knows what you are going to be. He knows what he destined for you to be. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and he fearfully and wonderfully made you and he created you to do good works in Christ. Who I will become. That's a big one. That's a big one. Because often it's the fear of the future that causes us to look outside of Christ. It's the fear of the future. What's going to happen? I'm going to have to take this into my own hands. I'm going to have to do it because there isn't enough in the fullness of God. The fullness of God is not enough for me. No, my brother. Listen. Listen, sister. Listen. Listen. It's all in him. And when I say it's all in him, this is what I mean by that. I'm not saying, yeah, if I stay faithful to God, I'll get everything I want. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying if I, if I stay faithful to God, then everything that I want, I'll eventually get. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when the fullness of God becomes enough for you, you just want whatever he wants to bless you with. You are complete in him. Lord, you're enough. I want your will. I want your peace. I want your joy. Lord God, you know this and, and you know that. And in your time, if that's your will, you'll do that. If you put it on my heart to pray into it, I'll pray into it. Because you hear prayer. But what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to let go of this parachute. I'm not going to try and cling to someone else. There is no other, there's nowhere else to turn. There's nowhere else to go. It's Jesus or nothing. There's no plan B. It's him. He is enough. Everything I need, everything I need, everything I need is in him. He is enough for me. How many are hearing this today? Oh, it's just the simple gospel, but the gospel is the power to salvation. The truth of this gospel will save people from some mistakes. The truth of this gospel will save some people from going down the wrong road. Listen, man, all the aches, all the yearnings, all the lack, 
bring everything as we sang in the first song this, this morning. Everything to the feet of Jesus. Bring it to the feet of Jesus and decide my identity. My very identity is in Christ. And there's one more thing. Because there's a dynamic of being in Christ that I haven't mentioned yet. And I think this is the last thing that I would mention here today. Because there are two sides to being in Christ. And both those sides are essential. If I say I am in a swimming pool, I'm not saying that the swimming pool is in me. Unless you're struggling and you're breathing a bit too hard and, you know then maybe some of the swimming pool's in you. But generally, you try and keep the swimming pool out while you're in it, right? But not so with Christ. Not only am I in Christ, but Christ is in me. And part of the essence of Christianity is not only that I am in Christ, but that Christ is in me. Have a look at this verse. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See? Our old self, it's, that's been crucified with Christ. Do you know what? I, 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 this is like really, I wasn't gonna, this wasn't in my notes. I want to say it in like a really not too deep way, but I'm going to say it anyway. I remember the time many years ago when I knelt at my bed with a struggle in my life and I said to the Lord, God, am I going to struggle with this forever? And it was one of the few times where I really felt like, like God said something to me. I'm not one of them guys like, God said this to me, God said that to me every morning. You know, it's like, it was one of those few times when I really felt like the Lord said to me, this will not be the struggle of your life. And at that time, I couldn't even fathom that. How, how will I ever come to a place in my life where this is not a struggle for me? But that's what I heard him say. And I'm telling you, sometimes, I'm, honestly, I'm being so transparent here. Maybe I shouldn't. Is this, like, is this not good? Is it okay? <laughs> sometimes I look at myself in the mirror. And I can't believe it. The stuff that used to be so strong in my life, binding me, holding me, tying me down, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I'm free. And I, I, sometimes sometimes I, I just double, it's like, it's like a double take. I'm like, wait a minute, that's just like, so last season. 
that ain't my thing. I'm so new. I'm so new. You know what I mean? Sometimes I catch little glimpses of what my kids say about me. You know, when they don't know that I can hear them. And I'm like, I can't believe that my kids would one day see me like that. It's like, I can't believe it. Like me? Man, you know, I'm off my notes now, but you know what, when I used to, when I, came, when I first came to Victory Outreach, I got a little, a little reputation back in 1994, yeah, all those years ago. Because I used to walk around like this. I didn't even know. I wasn't aware of it. Until someone said to me once, why do you always walk with your head down? I was like, do I? <laughs> I didn't even realize. But even at just 17 years old, the weight of my depression and my self-hate and my loss weighed me down so much, I couldn't even lift my head on a day-to-day -day basis. But today, today, all five foot five of this guy has his head high up in the sky. I know who I is. I ain't perfect. I got a long way to go. Just ask my wife. But one thing I will tell you is I've come a long way. I'm a new man. Because not only am I in Christ, but Christ is in me. When it comes to fruit season, fam, as you coming up, um, Josh? When it comes to fruit season, let me say, tell you this. The reality of what is in you will reveal itself. Oh. When it comes to fruit season, by their fruit. Yeah, it's fruit season. Yeah, it's fruit season. And in fruit season, the reality of what is in you, like toothpaste in a tube. When that tube gets squeezed, what's inside the tube's gonna come out. That's why you gotta have Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you'll know, you'll know if it's Christ in you. Because when the squeeze comes, when the squeeze comes, it is Christ who will come out of you. The fruit you will bear will look like him. That's why I encourage you today, my brothers and my sisters, Reckon yourself to be in Christ. How do you do that? If you're here today and you don't even know how to do that, first and foremost, you don't have to work anything up. You don't have to say five Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. The work is finished. Jesus has done it all. 
all you have to do, all we have to do is believe and confess. Believe it and confess it. That I am tired of trusting all these other things. That I, I don't want to put my hope in all these other ideas and all these other material things and, and all these other relationships and, and in all these other solutions that are not solutions. I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to trust Jesus like the man with the parachute. I believe that you are enough for me. And I confess it. I say it. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in you. And I'm clinging to you now. And help me, Jesus, to never let you go. If that has been your decision, reckon yourself to be in Christ and cling to him. And if that's a decision you make today, just make it. Just do it. There's need to have some fanfare and, and not, not all these spectacular things don't need to happen. All that needs to happen is simply this, that you in your heart say to him, Jesus, I'm believing from this day on that you will be enough for me. And I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to hold to you with every situation in my life. And I'm going to trust you that every spiritual blessing is in you. And then, when the squeeze comes, because it's going to come. But when the squeeze comes, because you are in Christ and Christ is in you, Christ is what will come from you to the glory of God the Father. Can someone say amen? Let's stand to our feet. Did anyone get anything from this word here today? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I believe the Lord put on my heart to bring here today. If anyone be in Christ, listen, today, please, if you've got a past and you have not just brought that past to the foot of Jesus, if you're allowing that past to weigh you down, hold you back. Listen, you are complete in him. He's done the work to cover that, to deal with that. If there are consequences from it, even then, he will grace you. It's all in him. The grace, the wisdom to know how to deal with the consequences. Just don't let it keep you back anymore. Don't let it hold you back anymore. If you're here today and you walk around like I used to walk around with your head hung low, continually on repeat with this negative monologue in your head, let this be the day you put that thing down. Get under the washing of the word and allow God to tell you who you are. Allow him to tell you how much he loves you, how much mercy he has for you, and how committed he is to seeing you become all that he created you to be. And if you are worried about your future, if you look at your future and there are unanswered questions, 
and you can't see the way forward. Be like the guy with the parachute. Don't just come to church and sing the songs and go through the motions. Cling to Jesus. Jesus, I trust you with my future. I trust you with what I'm going to become. I trust you with what's going to happen to me. Your love is enough. Your wisdom is enough. Your grace is enough. Don't fear the future anymore. Cling to Jesus and let him show himself as the Lord of your future. Come on, worship team. Let's sing a song right now. Whatever you've got. Church, will you join with the team and let's sing this song unto the Lord. Sing it. come and pray through, pray through some of the things that we've spoken about here today. If you want to come and get some time just praying it through with the Lord, then the altars are open. Feel free as the team sings it again to come and get a hold of the lover of your soul. Root yourself in Jesus, no one but Jesus. Not again. 
on, sing it again. Come on. is enough for you. You are blessed in him. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Saving my soul. Thank you for changing me, Lord. Healing me. Thank you, Lord, for turning me around. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God, for being so good to me, Lord God. So good to me, oh, Lord God. Your goodness is running after me, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My past is in you. My, my present is in you. My, my future is in you, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for shedding the blood that washed my sins away. Thank you for taking my place, Lord Jesus. Thank you for taking my place, Lord. You paid the debt. 
You paid the debt that I could not pay. Thank you. Oh, is someone grateful to God? Is someone grateful to God for blessing us? For blessing us with an inheritance in Christ. Oh, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for walking with us and talking with us, sanctifying us, changing us day by day by day. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank Him. Thank Him. Let gratitude, let gratitude, let gratitude flow from your heart. Flow from your heart. Thank you, Lord God. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. So I throw up my hands. So I throw up my Jesus, we bless you today, Lord. We speak of your goodness. We tell you we love you. We bless you, Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Jesus, we simply pray, Lord Jesus, keep us close to you. We want to abide in you, Jesus. We want to abide in you, Jesus, every morning and, and every evening, Lord, at home, at school, at work, God. We want to abide in you, Jesus. Not even a moment where you're not with us, Lord, not even a moment, Lord. We reverence your presence. We give you our reverence for giving us your presence. Lord Jesus, thank you for being enough for us. We trust you with everything in us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. These things we pray in the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Will you put your hands together for the Lord today?
Visit us every Sunday in person at the church building or live on Facebook and YouTube at 10am. Go to our website vomanchester.org.uk for more information.